0: Hello, dear friends. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable. It is time for Let's Talk About Jesus right here on our website. And we are so glad as we enter into not just this holiday season, but this holy day season that you have joined us for a Bible study that I believe will help you to have the greatest Thanksgiving, the greatest Christmas, the greatest New Year, the greatest all. All year, praise God, and the greatest life that you could ever imagine because you know what is really yours in Christ. Praise God. Amen. And regardless of whether you get that that, uh, Cadillac for Christmas. You've been been looking for uh, this year, or whether you get that that diamond ring, or that Rolex watch, or or even that time egg. Say, man, you will know how rich you are in Jesus when we get down in the Word of God. Get the Word of God down inside of us. Praise God. If you're a Christian today, I'm talking to rich people. Amen. I'm talking about the true riches. Doesn't mean that God won't bless you. Materially, He will and He does. And I believe that God wants to meet all of your needs today. Amen. Spiritually, physically, mentally, and financially. But I do not believe that we can equate anything in the material world with what we right now possess spiritually in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And if you get a hold of that, it'll get a hold of you and you will never feel uh, like you are lacking anything that your Bible said he's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness everything that we need to live a fulfilled life here and to live pleasing to God he's given us in Jesus Christ amen that leads us to our topic Jesus our mercy seat. Uh, we uh, look back to the old covenant for a little while uh, to look at the furniture in the tabernacle and understand uh, what it is to teach us about Jesus in the new covenant. It really, we can't fully appreciate and understand and appropriate what is ours in Christ in the new covenant unless we fully understand uh, what represented him in the old covenant. So I want to make this statement before we read about the mercy seat in the old covenant, that the tabernacle itself was to teach us the grace and the forgiveness and the mercy of God. The tabernacle was the gospel of grace in the, in Jesus Christ, before he even came, the tabernacle was to teach us the language of God, so that when Jesus finally appeared, there would be a people prepared who could understand the spiritual revelations from heaven in Jesus Christ, Amen. And Jesus is is seen in the brazen altar. Jesus is seen in the veil, and it, that was finally rent when he, when he completed his purpose to save us on the cross, Amen. Uh, but the the mercy seat, this ark of the covenant, this holiest. Piece of furniture in the tabernacle that sat in the holiest place in the tabernacle is a representation of Jesus Christ dying on the cross, shedding his own blood once and for all for the sins of fallen men and women just like you just like me. I want to read about the mercy seat and show you Christ in it beginning in the Old Covenant in Exodus 25 verse 17 through 22. It says you shall make a mercy seat of pure gold. Two and a half cubits shall be its length and a cubit and a half its width. And you shall make two cherubim of gold of hammered work And you shall make them at the two ends of the mercy seat. Make one cherub at one end and the other cherub at the other end. You shall make the cherubim at the two ends of it of one piece with the mercy seat. And the cherubim shall stretch out their wings above, covering the mercy seat with their wings, and they shall face one another the faces of the cherubim shall be toward the mercy seat. Now, I want to stop right here before we read any further. When you see that word cherub or cherubim, we think of a cherub. Well, frankly, around Valentine's Day, as a fat baby with wings. I want you to know something about angels today? They are not sweet, little, cute. Fat babies with wings. Amen. They are mighty. These, this is the highest, holiest ranking of the angels. These are the ones that minister in the presence of God himself. And notice their, their faces are looking down. They're facing one another. There's the flat lid of the ark of gold. And they are looking straight down upon that mercy seat. Looking down upon it. That is where the high priest once a year. After ceremonial cleansings went into the Holy of holies behind the veil and sprinkled the blood upon the mercy seat so that God would forgive Israel and judgment wouldn't fall upon them. Listen very carefully. Their faces were looking at the blood sprinkled mercy seat. Oh, hallelujah. I'm so glad that God sees us through the blood of Jesus Christ before he sees me before he sees you he sees the blood of Jesus Christ that has ministered unto us or been ministered unto us when we receive Jesus as our Savior let me finish you shall put the mercy seat on top of the ark and in the ark you will put the testimony that I will give you and there I will meet with you I will speak with you from above the mercy seat, from between the two cherubim which are on the Ark of the Testimony, about everything which I will give you in commandment to the children of Israel. Now this Ark of the Covenant, it was located once again in the Holy of Holies of the Tabernacle. It was made of acacia wood and overlaid with gold. Its dimensions were 50 inches long. I'm going to put it in our language instead of cubits. 50 inches long by 30 wide by 30 inches deep. The ark, in and of itself, was a picture, a type, a foreshadow of Jesus Christ bearing our sins. The box part, the wooden part, represented Christ. The wood illustrated the humanity of Jesus. And the gold represented his deity. It was a perfect type and foreshadow of Christ being very man and very God simultaneously. You know, this is the great mystery of godliness. That God was manifest in the flesh. Over the top of the box or the mercy seat was a lid of solid gold. The mercy seat are thrown over each end of the mercy seat was a gold cherub, the highest ranking angel. The first cherub represented the absolute righteousness of God. The second cherub represented the justice of God. Together they represented the holiness of God. So the cherubs faced one another, wings outstretched toward each other, and looked down on the mercy seat. Righteousness looks down and condemns justice looks down and assesses a penalty now the hebrew word for mercy seat is and i'm going to spell it because i may not pronounce it correctly k-a-p-p-o-r-e-t-h kepareth the greek word used in the Septuagint translation of the old testament is helasteron the same Greek word is found in the New Testament in Romans 3.25, 1 John 2, two and 4.10 and is translated mercy seed or place of propitiation. That's a word that you don't hear very often and you, you may not understand it when you first see it. But propitiation means that, that there is someone who is angered, justifiably angered. And, and someone has done something to appease that anger so that that person is angry at us or at someone no longer. So there's a direct direct relationship between the mercy seat in the tabernacle and the doctrine in the New Testament of propitiation. You see Romans 3, and 25 says being justified freely by His grace, through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in His blood, to declare the righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. Justice calls for the penalty to be paid for sin, righteousness, calls for us to be holy and we have failed in ourself all of us there is none the new testament says none righteous and it's reiterated no not one some people are so self-righteous they think they don't need a savior and that Jesus found that in the scribes and the Pharisees and the religious people of his day. They were hard to to humble themselves and, and really see their own need for forgiveness. Listen to me carefully today. Accept your righteousness, Jesus taught. Exceed that of the scribe and the Pharisee. You shall in no wise enter in to the kingdom of God. Justice calls for a penalty to be exacted because we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. But notice that both justice and righteousness, the two angels, they are looking down and what they're seeing is the blood of that sacrifice. The penalty has been exacted, but thank God the penalty has been paid. And that's exactly what Jesus did. For us on the cross. Praise God. Amen. First John 2 and verse 2. It says and he. Is the propitiation. For our sins and not ours only. But also the sins. Of the whole world. Praise God. Friend of mine I want you to know. God wants everybody saved today. Scripture is very clear in the New Covenant. It's not His will that any, that includes you today, that includes any person on this planet, it is not His will that any perish, but that all come to repentance, that all have eternal life. Hallelujah. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever would believe on him, would not perish, but have eternal life. Praise God. God is long-suffering, not willing that any perish. Friend of mine, I want you to know today that God wants you saved. If you're not saved and if you are saved, (laughs) amen, God wants you to know that you have been saved because grace has been extended to you through faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior. And the reason it was extended to you is because His blood has sprinkled the mercy seat and propitiated God's justifiable anger. His wrath is turned away from you. His wrath is turned away from me. This is one of the reasons that I believe so absolutely in the catching away, in the rapture of the church. The reason I believe that is because the Bible said we are not appointed to wrath, but to obtain salvation through Jesus Christ. And when the tribulation really cranks up and gets underway... The Bible said, John said, and I uh, heard these words and saw this scene. And I saw the, the uh, I saw I saw the Lamb of God. The, I saw the the wrath of God uh, be beginning to be poured out upon the earth, and I saw the great men and the small men and the bondman and the free man call to the rocks and the mountains to fall upon them and hide them. Amen from he that sat upon the throne and from the wrath of the lamb this word wrath as we find it in the in the in the book of revelation is justifiable anger and the scripture says that the wrath of god abides upon everyone that believes not because that wrath cannot be propitiated Unless a price is paid for our sins, that our sins are repented of, our sins are confessed, and that blood that was supplied by Jesus, hallelujah, has sprinkled the mercy seat spiritually, and we are now. Accepted in the beloved, Hallelujah! Praise God, and we are brought into a reconciled relationship with God, and we're not appointed to wrath. And I'm gonna tell you when that wrath is poured out in the book, of, book of Revelation. We see the tribulation in in full swing in the last three and a half years of the tribulation period. It is so globally uh, encompassing the whole world that uh, that that every island of the sea every island of the sea every island is going to be obliterated when the earth shakes like it's going to shake Stars of heaven will fall from their places like untimely figs about shaken by winds so strong that those green figs are blown out of the tree. I'm going to tell you, friend, it, water turns to blood. Uh, demons are released to torment men. Uh, all, it, it is almost indescribable and incomprehensible. This day of the Lord that is coming. Thank God today. That we as Christians. You as a Christian. Me as a Christian. We have not been appointed to wrath. But to obtain salvation through Jesus Christ. Because he has become. He has become. The propitiation for our sins. God and man who were at enmity because of sin are now reconciled to one another. We have a relationship with God, a reconciled relationship with God, and thereby a fellowship relationship with God through Jesus Christ. That's why this word, propitiation, is is so important to grasp and understand. Hallelujah. We don't have to fear the wrath to come. (laughs) You know, when John was baptized, And and some of the religious leaders who hadn't approved him or he hadn't come through their auspices, and they came down to to really criticize him and ask him, by whose authority are you doing this? And and he knew their heart and their self-righteousness and their judgmental spirit. And he said, who hath warned you to flee the wrath to come? You see, the Holy Spirit convicts us of our sin and convinces us of a sure judgment that is coming. Simultaneously, He shows us that Jesus has paid it all. I love that song, Don't You Jesus Paid It All. All to Him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. 1 John 2 and 2, New Covenant, and He Jesus is the propitiation for our sins, and not ours only, but also the sins of the whole world. That's what John said when he saw Jesus coming. Behold the Lamb, sacrificial language here, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world praise God God wants you saved today God wants you to be reconciled unto him God doesn't want to punish you God wants to to bring you in to his kingdom into his royal family, seal you with the Holy Spirit to the day of redemption. Praise God. Mark you as his own, call you as his own. Write your name in the Lamb's Book of Life. Record your name while you are still on the earth as a citizen of heaven. Praise God. Friend of mine, I'm gonna tell you. That's why the gospel is such good news today. 1 John 4 and verse 10 said, Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be a propitiation for our sin. Get a hold of that word, propitiation. Because of propitiation, God is free to love the believer without compromising either His righteousness or His justice. The thought in the Old Testament sacrifices and in the New Testament fulfillment is that Jesus Christ completely satisfied the just demands of a holy God for the judgment of sin. That's why when Jesus cried His last cry and breath from the cross... In those moments before he, he said into thy hands commend I my spirit and he gave up the ghost, he made the statement a uh, one word that is translated in three words so we could grasp it out of the Greek, out of the Aramaic, out of the Greek, into the New Testament English, where he said it is finished. It is accomplished. Or in the mathematical sense and in the business sense. Because a transaction was occurring between heaven and earth. Between God and Jesus. And that transaction was paid in full. Teteleste is that one word that that says it all. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. But justice... And mercy meet and kiss one another. Justice and mercy meet and kiss one another at the cross. Praise God. Amen. Romans 3.26 says to declare, I say at this time his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier Of him that believes in Jesus Christ. Praise God. I like like it in in another uh, version where it says he did it to demonstrate his justice at the present time. So as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus Christ. Praise God you see justification because of propitiation stay with me here amen because of propitiation we have justification and justification is a forensic term it is it is something that is at home in the courtroom where someone has been absolutely pronounced not Guilty or acquitted amen and and i I love the fact in our justice system that you can't be tried for the same crime twice I'm going to tell you if God's forgiven you, uh, if God has forgiven you and and has pro- and Jesus has propitiated you to God, I want you to know that the devil can try to bring up your past, he can try to accuse you. And he is called the accuser of the brethren in the book of Revelation. He's called a maligner. that's what devil means. Diablo's one who maligns you, who too? to God to God. He keeps telling God you're not worth it. You are not sinlessly perfect, and you know something he's right about the not sinlessly perfect. but I want you to know he's wrong about your not worth it. Don't let your conscience, don't let anybody, and don't let the devil tell you that you are not worth what Jesus has done to save you. Amen. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. He said the righteous don't need a physician. If you're not sin sick, you don't need to be healed of that sickness of sin. But if you are, the great physician has come, and he has come specifically to seek and to save, to find you, to save you. Praise God, the Bible said he didn't come to condemn the world, but he came to seek and to save the lost. His mis, we're already condemned. That's what caused God to send him. That's why he came, because we couldn't, we couldn't save ourselves, no matter how hard we tried. God sent a savior. Thank God. Oh, what a savior! Oh, hallelujah, we used to sing that great theme, and and I believe we need to sing it with a deeper love and a greater understanding of what it really means to be saved. This truth is clearly seen in Isaiah 53, 10 and 11. It said, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief, and when thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin. He shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand, speaking of Christ in the Old Testament. He shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied by his knowledge. Shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Praise God. You see the propitiating work of Jesus Christ. that's why that we call him truly the fulfillment of the type and foreshadow of him in the mercy seat, because the mercy seat allows us to be justified. I like Romans 12, one and two, listen, therefore, being justified, there's that courtroom word. Again, by faith, we have peace with God. You see, this is reconciliation with God. He, his wrath does not abide on us. There's no enmity between us and Him any longer. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And see, this peace with God allows fellowship with God. Verse 2 says, by whom we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Amen. I want to read that from the Amplified before we leave today. This is so important and so beautiful. Propitiation. Amen. Allows. For justification, which allows and brings reconciliation, which allows us to have true, intimate fellowship, access to God's presence and God's person. Hallelujah. Romans 5, verse 1 and 2 in the Amplified, it says, Therefore, since we are justified, acquitted, declared righteous, and given a right standing with God through faith, Let us grasp the fact that we have the peace of reconciliation to hold and to enjoy. Peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ the Messiah, the Anointed One. Through Him also we have our access, entrance, introduction by faith into this grace, this state of God's favor in which we firmly and safely Stand and let us rejoice and exult in our hope of experiencing and enjoying the very glory of God. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Praise God! We should put on our shouting shoes today because peace with God allows us to experience the peace of God. Something that until we come to Christ as our Savior, and our sins are forgiven, we can never find in this old fallen world. And friend of mine, today, without a shadow of a doubt, I believe God is speaking to someone in our listening audience. And today, instead of running from Him, I pray that you will run to him. Because with his own blood, with his own pain and anguish on the cross, six solid, agonizing hours, he stayed on it. He could have called the angels of heaven, but he didn't. We used to sing a song that said he didn't have to do it. But he did. Today, I plead with you. Come to Jesus. Apply the blood by confessing your sins, repenting of your sin, and accepting Christ as your Savior. Jesus has supplied it, He's your mercy seat today. Come and be saved. And if you're a Christian today, you stand up straight. Don't hang your head. Don't fear the wrath to come. Because your sins has been forgiven. Your past is gone. (laughs) Hallelujah. You belong to God and He belongs to you. And come back next week and let's talk about Jesus.